Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. podcast on the athletic network today's classic brought to you by neutral vodka seltzer made with real vodka real seltzer real juice it's neutral the one with the umlaut tuesday march 21st 2023 i'm jay skeets here in the classic factory and alongside me as always tass mellis podcast listeners this is for you next to tassius the bearded woman top shot hot boy trey kirby Ayo. hey yo and last but not least over yonder making the magic happen super producer eshua kid how y'all doing? Oh, hey, what's up? Hey, Happy anniversary. Thank Good, you. Good, sir. What, three thank years? You. Three years, yes, sir. Three Look years. that. What are you doing? Anything special? Uh, no, we went out Saturday, uh, so nothing special. Just re-listened to that podcast that we did from back in the day, though, with Taz. So, oh. Yeah. oh. <laughs> I would say, go check that out. It's a throwback. It's nice. Classic. <laughs> An absolute classic. Yeah, we talked after you got married. Yes, sir. Star Wars themed. Yeah. Wedding. Oh, yes. Right. That was the hook. Yeah. It was a Star was... Wars themed wedding. I know I'm a nerd, but uh, <laughs> it was all good. JD hijacked the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. it, was, it was fun, though. Was all fun. right. Go check it out. It's up there. Just search for it. Well, happy anniversary. Great to have you here. Shout out to the stream team joining us live on YouTube. Like the vid, comment away, and make sure you subscribe. Also, check out the uh, YouTube shorts that our guy Jerome was dropping yesterday. Four bangers. Back to back to back to back? Who is this guy? Mark Witten? Nice <laughs> reference. Hey, no bunts tomorrow? Yep. There you go. Oh, big game tonight, Tassie. I can't wait. You excited actually. for that WBC? Me too. It was hype last night. USA, yeah. Japan then in the final? Yeah, you could have a, a Trout versus Otani. Otani is making it seem like he's not going to pitch, but he's going to pitch. Oh! The teammates are going to face off. Otani was pumped to play in a game yesterday that mattered. He was great. So that's tonight they play? Mm-hmm. Wow, all right, excellent. Yeah. Should be the most watched baseball game ever, I hear. Seriously. Like worldwide? Yeah. There was like 40 million people watched the <laughs> well, Japan, wa- watched last night's in Japan. Well, yeah, yeah, 40 million people watched a pool game in Japan earlier <laughs> earlier <laughs> in, the, in the tournament. They yeah. love their baseball. Love their baseball. Guys, go get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Hoodies, t-shirts, mugs. Like this one. This big old fat mug. Classic factory. <laughs> Hadn't seen this one in a while. JD just popped this out here in the factory, so uh, go get Chris. I'm going to take a little sip, see if it works. Actually, I, I popped it out. Uh, I said, I got a couple mugs here for the factory. I brought it from home. So, yeah, it might taste like uh, my car. It tastes like a little <laughs> soapy, if I'm being honest. Uh, JD, the car scent. JD was so smart, though. I said, I got a couple mugs for the table. He goes, oh, clearing out your mugs. 
Exactly, sir. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, let's get into uh, the action last night. Six games on in total. We're going to touch on all of them, some key takeaways from each one. Let's start with Trey Kirby's Bulls snapping the 76ers win streak in double overtime. Call it an upset. We watched a lot of it on playback. <laughs> Had a blast. Thanks to everybody that joined us. What were your big takeaways? Well, the key takeaway is that the Bulls are back! Perhaps more back than ever before, Skeets. Heading into last night, Joel Embiid, 12-0 against Chicago. But the Bulls finally put the L in Joel. <laughs> we watched a lot of this one, and it was ugly throughout. Yeah. This was a double overtime game. Also, somehow the lowest scoring game of the evening. It ended up being 109 to 105. Crazy stuff. And they played 58 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. The Bulls shot 41%. Went 7 for 33 from 3, and they won. Because Philadelphia had 21 turnovers, turned into 24 points for Chicago, and also the Bulls shot a ton of free throws. They went 24 of 29 at the line. Philadelphia went 19 of 22. But it was really just Embiid getting to the line mm -hmm. quite often. He finished with 37 points, 16 rebounds, 15 of 17 at the free throw line. This was his 10th straight game with 30 or more points. Somehow the first guy to do it since DeMar DeRozan last year when he was on his Wilt Chamberlain streak. Yeah. However, Embiid also had five turnovers and fouled out in the second overtime. And that's really when the Bulls won the game, those last three and a half minutes, basically. It was Bulls time. And got to give some credit to Nikola Vucevic, put on the lockdown lotion. <laughs> and it was all good for Chicago. DeRozan, Levine, Vuce all went for 20 or more points. They all had three or more steals. DeRozan had some big baskets during... The stretch run in overtime and in regulation and in second overtime. Also had some bad misses, some weird turnovers. Zach Levine was dropping dimes all night, except for when he just got the ball ripped from him from behind after a huge defensive play. And Vooch, I thought, was really aggressive. The two Pats did their job. They made things really hard on James Harden and Tyrese Maxey. And a game ball goes to Derek Jones Jr. Ten points. Eight of them came in the fourth quarter. Had the game-clinching block and rebound in yeah. second overtime as well. The Bulls are now a half game back of the nine seed. Just a game back of the eighth. They're closer to eighth than they are to 11th. Ooh. Who would have thought? Eight yeah. and four with play-in Pat coming to Chicago. It was a really good Bulls night uh, when you pair it with a, a Pacers loss, too, which we'll uh, obviously allude to a little or touch on a little bit later. Uh, what were your takeaways from this one, though? Yeah. The Bulls, big win. Yeah, they're playing really well. Five and one in their last six. Who would have friggin' thunk it uh, that they put it together Defensively, they've always been there this season, which is uh, the surprising part. And then Vooch putting on that lotion, such a rare occurrence <laughs> in the NBA. I don't think I've ever seen it before. You go up to the scorer's table, you're usually getting some sort of chuck, mm. something to dry your hands rather than something which could encourage <laughs> moisture uh, going into the overtime period. But he went at him pretty hard. Obviously, the Sixers have been playing really well. They had won eight, coming in, eight straight coming into this game. I think you have to put this one on James Harden for not helping Embiid as much. I know the Sixers staff, as, as we watched on playback, was kind of on Tyrese Maxey at the end of regulation to do more, to take it upon himself. He's been great. He has been reinserted into the starting lineup. I don't know if that was Doc Rivers' plan from the get-go to go from Maxey in the starting lineup to the bench, which I thought was working really well. He led the bench. They had these, these two different... You know, little factions, and Maxi would come in, speed the game up when Harden likes to slow the game down and have the ball in his hands, so it kind of made sense. Uh, but then Maxi has been reinserted to the starting lineup and has been awesome, and I think Harden took a game off uh, in this one. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't put this game on Maxi. I think James just 
didn't feel like being awesome <laughs> in this particular game. He had a he brutal had, game. Yeah, he had some opportunities to to seal it. Uh, but the Bulls, yeah, they they got it done with enough dudes. James Harden had five points last night, two of fourteen shooting, zero for six from three, five turnovers as well. I mean, he had a lot of assists, uh, but he was the only Sixers starter that was a, a negative out there, minus eleven on the night. Everyone else that started for the Sixers were was a positive, uh, of course, led by Embiid and Maxi there, eight and nine. But yeah, weird Harden game, and had chances even, like you said, at the end yeah. too. Despite a bad night, they almost pulled it off. Had a couple looks, but. He just had a rough one. Weird. Yeah, Patrick Beverly took him out of the game yeah. uh, with physicality. Harden wasn't looking to score at all. Ended up getting outscored by Beverly 6-5. to five. That shouldn't happen in a game. But when it came down to it, after Embiid finally fouled out, it was imperative that Harden start looking for his offense. And he just couldn't get into his offense because he'd taken the previous four and a half quarters off, basically. He was just happy to get rid of the ball anytime he was feeling the pressure. That's how he racked up the assist numbers. But five turnovers, five points, that ain't going to cut it. A lovely Beverly game. As many personal fouls as points. It made sense uh, watching Pat and the other Pat do it. Yeah, they they all contributed. Yeah, Derek Jones Jr. really turned this game around. Trey mentioned the third and the fourth, and then the block. He yeah. was he was humongous uh, off the bench. Plus thirteen. And that's what's like been nice for the Bulls over this like sort of you know winning streak or winning a lot of these games recently. It's like. Like Kobe White has had a couple like big games that have helped them get across the line in a victory, and then it was Derek White there last night. Derek Jones, excuse me, uh, doing it. So they are getting some contributions from some of the other guys to go with DeRozan and Levine and, and Vucci, baby. They're uh, putting up some good numbers. So good win from the Bulls, snapping the Sixers' win streak. And oh yeah, because of that, Philly drops to the third seed uh, because they were tied with the Celtics going into last night. Celtics didn't play, but they are now the number two seed, and uh, we will look at the Western Conference number two seed changing as well. Um, And we'll go there right now because the Grizzlies rallied for a big victory over the Dallas Mavericks, Tass. There's a lot of sort of fallout from this one, so I don't know where you want to start. Some fun stuff. Let's start with the superstar being back on his bench, not playing, but John Morant was back in the building after his eight-game suspension there with his teammates, and uh, his teammate Dylan Brooks said that Morant approached each Grizzlies player and, quote, apologized to us for his actions. He also said, you're going to see a different jaw out there who's consistent every single night and is going to give us the energy that we need to be a top team in the West. All right, all right, can't wait to see it. Wednesday, I'm sure he'll play. Sounds uh, like it. Against the Houston Rockets. Although he told uh, Dylan Brooks, told his teammates that he wanted to come off the bench because things were working so well. And Dylan Brooks said, uh, come on, man. Uh, <laughs> Get serious, bro. You're, you're going to play <laughs> basketball for us as a starter because you're a superstar. And uh, Dylan Brooks, as much as we ridicule him, I thought he did a really good job on Kyrie in this game. Kyrie still got his. He still scored. Uh, he did end up stepping on Kyrie's toe smart uh, yeah smart stuff <laughs> although Kyrie said it was an accident it was an accident but Kyrie was wearing a protective boot on his right foot after the game because mm-hmm. uh, he re-injured that toe Jaron Jackson Jr. I thought was the, the the biggest part on Kyrie in the fourth quarter Dylan was the number one guy and because there was no Luka Doncic out there uh, for the Mavs Kyrie had to face Dylan and then Jaron Jackson Jr., who teams are going to avoid like crazy in the postseason, try and avoid him as much as possible because they just he just switched out onto Kyrie and just gobbled him up on several possessions. You can't do that for 48 minutes, but that dude can just guard from every part of the court. And Kyrie didn't have a field goal in the fourth quarter. Mavs only had three themselves in the fourth quarter. Kyrie still got his as 28, but uh, looking at on the other side, Jaron Jackson Jr. came through in the end of this game. 
he had 28 points. He's getting more confident in his postgame, especially against a small front line like Kleba or Dwight Powell. Uh, he only took th- two threes and, yeah, a couple buckets in an old-school way, late, a post-up with four minutes left, and then getting the ball on a pick-and-roll at the free-throw line and scoring against the small front line. Again, he's really super confident. I want to see what he does in the postseason. But Grizzlies broadcaster, former NBA player Brevin Knight, was yelling on the broadcast. You could hear it uh, while we were doing playback. He yelled, the Grizzlies have found their number two option. <laughs> and I hope so. It is it is a different type of option because this is the non-post era of the NBA, and that's where Jaron Jackson Jr. goes. We were talking about a couple of possessions. He got the ball at the three-point line, didn't touch it with his right hand, and got all the way to the rim just backing guys down. They're spreading it out for him. So I want to see how that works out in the postseason. I want to see how Jason Kidd's coaching works out in the postseason because they kind of gave this game away. They're up double digits, and they just couldn't score. So there we go. Uh, Kyrie needs Luka, and Luka will be back soon, I'm sure, and hopefully Kyrie's healthy as well because that's that's the recipe uh, for the Mavs. And uh, looking forward to it. What do we we got a second seeded Grizzlies team here now? That's right. They, they are the number up. two seed, and the Kings uh, they lose. They they come back. We'll get to them losing to the Jazz a little bit later in the show. But yeah, both number two seeds changed last night. The Celtics back at number two, and now the Grizzlies back at number two in the West. Um, and what about Dylan Brooks dancing, <laughs> dancing and pointing sort of at the uh, at the other bench, the opponent's bench, and got his sixteenth technical on the season. So if it stands. If this one is not rescinded, um, he's missing a game. I thought 18. I thought he got to 18 now. 16. He'd already done 16. This This is is 18. Excuse me. Thank you. And this one was such... Okay, this was a dumb technical because literally he's taunting a guy on the bench. Yep. But also it's a hilarious technical because he's taunting a guy on the bench. (laughs) Yeah, and he's doing a very funny He said, Theo Pinson, I used to love watching this guy play growing up. They were in high school together. (laughs) Like, they were in high school and now he's paid to be a cheerleader is what Dylan Brooks said. Um, So this one ain't getting rescinded. All the Grizzlies, even Taylor Jenkins are like, yeah, going to be tough to get that one back. So he's just going to sit out a game. Um, I did like his line about it, though. It's a $5,000 fine as well, as well as the suspension. He said, it's just paper, man. (laughs) <laughs> You're right. You're right, Dylan Brooks. It's a love-hate relationship with Dylan Brooks. Says some good stuff. Going at his old teammate, Theo Pinson, on the bench, calling him a cheerleader. But it was a loving way. He said. He also said he was a great basketball player. Now he's being paid to be a cheerleader. But a damn good cheerleader. What People about like a- Theo Pinson. That's a serious bird. <laughs> what about after the game where Dylan Brooks did the jersey swap? With Kyrie Irving. Well, was it a swap? I don't know. Can we count it that? Mm, uh, he give. took Kyrie's jersey. Didn't seem like Kyrie was that interested in the Dylan Brooks jersey. Oh, no. He didn't take it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And he was asked about it post game. Yep. Right on it. Uh, everybody on it. Hey, uh, it seemed like uh, Dylan Brooks wanted to swap jerseys with you, but um, you didn't get his jersey. And actually, the reporter said, such a gracious gesture by Dylan Brooks to give you his jersey. And so Ky- gracious. And Kyrie ain't fan in the flames. He was pretty smart to say, oh, I'll probably get it next time. I, I was just... Uh, like distracted? Sort of, no, or? he said he was mentally on to the next on thing. On to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, really, really quickly. I'll probably get it next game. He went and gave a big hug to John Morant. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I gotta go hug. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't and, take this jersey. And Triple J, who was guarding him uh, very well... Like Dylan Brooks was, but uh, the the Dylan Brooks thing, you know, there's some a bit of animosity there, I'm sure. But do you think Dylan Brooks is Kyrie. still wandering around, seeing who's going to take his uh, his jersey? <laughs> Who wants a Brooks? <laughs> He's just still in the arena, <laughs> asking like janitors and stuff. You want this? Nah, I'm good. No, no thanks, man. 
Possible. Uh, anything else, TK, from this one? Yeah, uh, Tass mentioned Brevin Knight on the call. At one point, Pete Branica said that Jaron Jackson Jr. was a boy becoming a man <laughs> yes. after a big-time slam dunk, which is hilarious because, you know, he's already a man. Uh, <laughs> but also, Jaron Jackson Jr., last four games, 25, 28, 31, last night 28 in 23 minutes. Yeah. All of these on 60-plus percent shooting. This is one of the best offensive stretches of his career. Absolutely. I was also really impressed by Memphis crushing uh, Dallas on the glass. A 50-37 to 37 rebound advantage for the Grizzlies. 17-8 to 8 on the offensive boards. And this is missing their two best rebounders in Steven Adams and Brandon Clark. That's a way you can beat the Mavs, and that's really yep. how the Grizzlies came back in this one. Santi Aldama. Great big. name. 14 boards. Yeah. And I will say, like, John Morant, when he comes back, if it's Wednesday, whenever it is, like, of course, yeah, he's starting. He should be. <laughs> but how lucky are the Grizzlies to have a backup point guard like Tyus Jones? I know I'm a broken record with this, but I truly believe he is just one of the best backup point guards in the league. And he slots in there last night, 16-6, and 7-10 from the floor, hit a couple threes, and he just never hurts you. He never fouls. It's unbelievable. He never fouls the other team, and he rarely turns the ball over. Like, it's weird to see one turnover in the box score for Tyus Jones. So, admirable job from him uh, slotting in there as John Morant had missed some time. But yeah, and you can see him filling in in the shooting guard spot in fourth quarter minutes, especially with Steven Adams out for a long chunk of time and Brandon Clark out. They're going to have to size up and... Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have to play five. And that's the scary thing, too, for the Grizzlies. He had five fouls in those 23 minutes yesterday. He can foul out because he doesn't have the big guys around. So Tyus Jones could also help out just uh, his part could just be being a playmaker. Mm -hmm. They need something in that half-court offense. Can't wait to watch in the playoffs. Let's move over to the Timberwolves edging past the Knicks despite Julius Randle's 57 points. Career high for him. So Julius Randle scored 57, one of the greatest nights for a Knicks player in history. And the Wolves in this game also had the hottest start in the NBA this season. They were on fire. (laughs) They hit their first 10 shots and uh, didn't cool off for much of the game. They finished shooting 61.4%, and Torian Prince was the uh, the hero for the Wolves. We can get to Randle in a second, but he had a season-high 35 and he went eight for eight from three-point range. Uh, Mike Conley had a good game, 24 and 11. But we had Knicks fans cheering when McDaniels finally missed a shot for Minnesota early in this game. It was like seven minutes into game action. I think it was Jack Settleman was tweeting a photo. Really weird to see up on the Jumbotron or on the big screen, 100% shooting across all three categories because that was lasting for a little while there with the Wolves until they finally missed. But uh, Prince... I mean, again, Randall, 57, incredible. Prince going 8 for 8 from deep to become the seventh player in NBA history to do that, like 8 for 8 or better, uh, not missing a 3. It's incredible. Yeah, I actually kind of think that's more surprising than Julius Randall. I think so, too. Going for 57. At one point, uh, Michael Grady, the play-by-play man for the Timberwolves, called out, Prince! The shot drops in, dearly beloved! (laughs) Not bad. That's not pretty bad. good. Not bad. Definitely not bad. Uh, but interesting game for Julius Randle. 57 points. He was cooking through three quarters. He is the entire reason that the Knicks were in this game, mm-hmm. I thought. But he also kind of blew it at the end. Uh, giving up the offensive rebound, too. I think it ended up being Kyle Anderson with 10 seconds yep. left. The Knicks got to stop. The rebound was there for the taking. 
but somehow Kyle Anderson outquicked Julius Randle. He followed that up by getting a tech, so the duality of man. 57 mm-hmm. points, good. Yeah. Blowing the winning play is not as good. Because Randall had just had the three-point play. We watched the end of this one on playback, and uh, there was like 45 seconds left. But it's a 137-134 Wolves lead, and <laughs> TK just said it. Like, they got the stop, but you got to finish the possession, get the rebound. Kyle Anderson got it, and then that was the one, I think, that then went to Prince, sort of cutting baseline there, a little quick little yeah, layup yeah, inside. Yeah. Randall's pissed off, throws the ball off the stanchion. Gets the tech, and then the Wolves get an extra free throw shot there. And then he's like, what was he, like, banging, like, uh, the, the what do you even call that? Yeah, the the sideboard? I always call it the scorer's table. Yeah, scorer's table he, with the graphics on it. You know, he was punching at he it. He was mad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was pissed. And he talked about it after the game. Like, he was like, I, you know, 57, great. But we lost, and I didn't get the possession there. I didn't get that rebound. It really cost us. We would have had a chance, at least, to, like, maybe get this into overtime or even win the thing. But a pretty incredible game. 57 is still 57. And he's like, it's, what is it? It's uh, it's Carmelo Anthony, Bernard King, and now Julius Randle. There it is. 62 Melo had in 2014. Bernard King on Christmas with the 60. And then Randle last night. You see some other notable names there. Shout out to Alan Houston. What a game. <laughs> no love for Richie Guerin, who also had oh, 57. Yeah, sure, sure. Richie Guerin, you're a big fan. The year was 1959. <laughs> I'd never heard of him until until <laughs> oh, this really? night. Yeah, Rich Hall of Famer. I've only Richie. ever hear of him when that yeah. <laughs> comes whenever up. You, yeah, whenever you hear Hall of Fame, right. Uh, we did great... have this piece of trivia on the playback last night, but to, f- to, to flush it out a little bit more, I said Prince is the seventh player in NBA history to go eight for eight or better on three-pointers in a game. I know you guys know a few of the answers, but do you know, do you know who else has done eight for eight? Or more. Ben Gordon. Ben Gordon has done it twice. Latrell Sprewell. That is the other one. It went nine for nine, I believe. I heard that last night. That's right. Do you know the other? You know all these guys. Okay, I'll give you some hints. Yeah. Uh, Guy was a two-time three-point contest winner. White dude. Jason Capono. No, the other white dude. No, the other white dude. Jeff Hornacek. There you go. You got Mm. to it. Nice. Uh, Great nickname. This guy's uh, incredible. Eight for eight from three for a big guy. Awesome nickname because, you know, he was like peanut butter. Some like a crunchy. Uh, you're t- t- telling me Sam Perkins? Mm. Sam Perkins went ahead of his time. Game. Yep. Ahead I, of his time. I touched his hand this All Star weekend. Uh, okay. You also <laughs> have touched this guy's hand before in the NBA TV <laughs> studios, I believe. Okay. Eight for uh, eight. He's known for not really being a three point mm. shooter, um, but he's known for a particular move that was named after him Steve Smith. Steve Smith, the Smitty. He went eight for eight in that's, a game. That's a surpriser. And final one um, former. Mavericks legend, played for the Suns. Eddie Johnson? Nope. Hubert Davis? Nope. Uh, Derek Michael Harper. Finley? Michael Finley. Michael Finley. Nice. Yeah, what a weird list. Torian Prince, Ben Gordon twice, Horny, Big Smooth, Smitty, <laughs> Spreewell, and Michael Finley. Eight for eight or better on three-pointers in the game. <laughs> Anyone Holy can get hot, man. Yeah, and this is the type of game we talk about getting hot. The Wolves scored 79 points in the, in the first half. This is the uh, type of game you get excited about watching the Minnesota Timberwolves. The duality of man is traced. This is the <laughs> duality of the Wolves. They just lost three straight games. Then they come in a game like this and do all the little things. Like the Kyle Anderson rebound, as much as it was a mistake by Julius Randle, it's a great move by Kyle Anderson just to get scrappy. They have a lot of those scrappy guys, but they don't do it game in and game out. And, yeah, they're going to be in a, a battle here. With, without Anthony Edwards, hopefully he comes back soon. Well, there's actually Sounds some like. news about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Talking about the duality of man. Well, here's two men who could be returning to the lineup from Sham Sharanya. There's optimism that Minnesota Timberwolves stars Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards could return as soon as Wednesday versus Ooh. the Hawks. 
Towns hasn't played since November 28th. Wow, they did a good job keeping that a secret. His his return, his ramp up sounded like it was going to be weeks away. Mm-hmm. That's quick. I guess so, we did learn he had a hell of a setback. Setback like mode. Like way back in like January when yeah. we thought he was coming back. Yeah. Yeah, but right yeah. now it just seemed like he was he was playing in what is it called? The The Shape uh, Getting Shape League or the something? Shape, shape Up League. League or something? What do they call it? Shape yeah, the guy the guys yeah, who are hurt. Uh the guys who were yeah, the Stay in Shape League. That was just Days ago, yeah. Uh, so surprising that he'd be back already. That's great. Must be a great. Them. Must be a great league. Must be a great league. <laughs> Got him back in shape just like that. He's, He's ready to go. Shape now. So holy crap! Wednesday night we could see John Morant returning to the Grizzlies. These two guys possibly returning to the Wolves. Some big names coming back in a already crowded Western Conference playoff mm-hmm. race. It's mm-hmm. ramp off season. <laughs> Kevin Absolutely. Durant back in no time. Good point. Good point. When's LeBron coming back? Ham says soon. Better be on Wednesday. That's the day for it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so those are three games from last night. We got three more still to tackle. Let's take a quick break and uh, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. If you are joining us live on YouTube, hit the like button. Help us out and make sure you have subscribed. All right, we talked about three games last night. Let's get to the other three. And we start with the Warriors beating the Rockets to halt their 11-game road skid. They did it, Trey. They beat the Houston Rockets (laughs) in Houston. Cue the celebration music. (laughs) That's incredible. I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding, man. It's that the was Warriors. a test. The Warriors got their eighth road win last night. We don't need to celebrate that. Nah. They hadn't won, though, since January 30th on the road. That's a long time. They really needed this one coming in on a three-game losing streak to start off a five-game road trip. Not the most inspiring victory, I would say, for no. Golden State. They had 14 turnovers in the first half, which Draymond Green called pathetic. <laughs> but they tightened up in the second half. Only six turnovers. Two of them came in the first three minutes of the third quarter, so a pretty clean second half, all things considered. They hit 10 threes as well. Really controlled the glass in this one against a pretty small Rockets team. Eight offensive rebounds for Kevon Looney. Jamichael Green was actually pretty key on the glass as well. Steve Kerr did say this is the worst they've played so far on their road trip, <laughs> but who cares? Because they got to win, and they'll take it any way they can, because the Warriors... Now up to sixth in the Western Conference. They play the Mavs, who are currently in seventh, for the tiebreaker on Wednesday. Obviously, they're coming off a loss. So I think a successful night (laughs) for the Warriors. I really felt like a degenerate, Skeets, when we were just rooting for that last three at the end of the game, which Steph Curry obliged. Curry and Thompson, obviously, huge games uh, last night. They were making their threes. I thought Kuminga was good. I thought Jordan Poole played a pretty solid floor game, even though he really couldn't score, but... Stopped turning the ball over, stopped pl- or started playing a little defense. 
the Warriors needed a get-right game, and they got right last night. Yeah, there's still belief that they can get right in the postseason and still play well because they look at the stats and they say, opposing teams aren't going to keep shooting 40% from three against us when we're on the road. It's 41% that opponents shoot when they're on the road, when the Warriors are on the road, but when they get back home, opponents only shoot 32% at home. There's some wild splits. They're beating teams at home by eight points, and then they lose by seven points on the road. So they think... That they're still away. They're, they're still away. And like, like you said, they started this road trip here. They, they're now four games in. They played better against the Hawks. Uh, they played better earlier in this road trip. So they feel fine. It's it's just a lot. Let some tough sledding uh, to keep doing this night in and night out. You need so much from Steph here in all these games in February and March. So it's just it's going to add up, I think, even if Wiggins comes back and Gary Payton II comes back. My only note, really, from this one is we saw a guy hit a half-court shot in this game. Yeah. A lefty. Yeah, a lefty. We don't see a lot of lefties get the opportunity to step up to that half-court line and, and bang one. And he got multiple opportunities, yeah. which he, was a little perplexing. You don't often see a person get multiple no. opportunities. No. You don't see a lefty. You don't see multiple opportunities. And I think he made a quick adjustment. I think he went just a bit left because he was right. He did. With You're his right. first shot, took a tiny step. The guy could shoot. I mean, he looked like a... A play like he's yeah. he's he's solid. he looked comfortable with the basketball in his great hands. analysis could tell right away and he Sign banged it up, home man. he banged it home and uh, he won nineteen thousand dollars we think too mm-hmm. so maybe it's like one where like <laughs> you know if you shoot on Saturday and you miss then we like add more money to it right yeah. <laughs> how do they get to nineteen thousand it's got to be that what if it was started at twenty thousand every miss we take off a thousand dollars okay like oh i can't miss the oh point. so he would have got 20 shots <laughs> you're saying yeah, 20 half court shots oh just keep shooting something there uh but yeah a much needed road win there by the warriors even if it was against the rockets uh to halt that 11 game road skin uh let's move to the jazz holding off the king's task 128 120 uh, it got they were up huge Utah and Kings got back into this game but uh, the Jazz closed it out the Jazz were a story more earlier in the season when they, when they were a number one seed but they deserve some stories right now they continue to be great this season was about development if we win some games nice that's just a byproduct they're at 35 and 36 continuously just work through games you mentioned that they gave up a lead every quarter every play every guy who steps on this floor Contributes. It didn't matter that they didn't have their top three scores in this game. Larry Markinen, Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton, <laughs> all out. They just beat the Celtics. Now they just beat another number two seed in the Kings, who've now dropped to number three. Yeah. They're up 25. Guys like Simone Fontecchio, Kelly Olenek, hitting threes. They each had four threes. Chris Dunn coming off the bench. Udoka Azabuki. These guys that is just fun to say their names frankly uh, are contributing to them playing basketball they literally don't quit so they could have easily quit when they were up 25 kings are coming back this is a better team they decided we're going to we're going to try and close this in the third quarter and the fourth quarter but the young jazz players the youngest of the jazz players shut the door guys i didn't even mention they're two rooks that they got ochai abaji he had seven points in the fourth quarter. He had a career-high 27 on just 14 shots. Great thing about the Jazz, great thing about Mark and leading the way. They never take shots that they shouldn't be taking. He had six threes. Solid, solid game from him on cuts, getting to the rim. Again, in big, big minutes. That's the guy that they got in part uh, for that Donovan Mitchell trade. Mm-hmm. And then the guy that they got in part from the Rui Gobert trade, Walker Kessler, who has been good all year. He contests everything. He was a problem for DeMontis Sabonis in this game. 
He blocks a bonus with 130 left right at the rim. One of his five blocks, that's what he does. He's second in the NBA in total contested shots. I love that stat because the guy just gets after it. 10, 8, and 5 blocks in this game. That's all he freaking does. So this season, huge win for the Utah Jazz. Around 500. They could be in the play-in tournament. They're in it right now. And a development of these two rooks. And then a bunch of guys as well. Obviously, Markinen, uh, Clarkson has been phenomenal. What a season. What a season. And to hold off a Kings team that didn't have Herder. Maybe their health Maybe their health is finally – their great health is finally catching up to them. But hopefully he'll be back. He was mm-hmm. sort of questionable coming into this game. How many, like, game-saving blocks does Walker Kessler have this season? Quite if we count few. that one last night, which was pretty pretty key at the part mm-hmm. of the game. I mean, yeah. three, four? Williams yeah, it's, just now. It's yep. something like that. Um, and you said it's the tenth time he's recorded at least five blocks in a game. Can you name the last rookie to hit that mark? Dikembe? No. Alonzo Mourning? No. These are good guesses. Anthony Davis? This guy, I believe, incredibly never won a defensive player of the year. Tim Duncan? Tim Duncan. 97-98. He had 14 games time. of five blocks or more as a rookie. Um, and that's what Walker Kessler's doing here. And in we think... season. Oh, yeah, right. For Timmy. Right. We think... Um, well, most of us think that Mike Brown is going to win Coach of the Year, and deservedly so, especially when you look at <laughs> them not making the playoffs for 16 years and he comes in and they're actually good. But Will Hardy... He's going to get a ton of votes, too. Absolutely. Like, like, he might get some first-place votes and, I would assume, get a lot of second- and third-place votes on the Coach of the Year ballot, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I was wrong about Timmy. That was the next year they made the finals. That was my bad. That's the okay. shortened season, That's my okay. bad. The Kessler thing was impressive, though, because I like I just watched the big guys when they played. January 4th, it was Kings versus Jazz, and Kessler was still coming off the bench at that time, and Sabonis ate his lunch. Like He was in his chest every single mm-hmm. time. Kessler had no idea how to deal with the brute force of Sabonis, and then last night, Sabonis went for 11 points on 4 of 11 shooting. That's impressive yeah. uh, for Kessler five blocks as well and then you mentioned the one to basically seal the game he's their only real starter that was out there and that guy wasn't starting for most of the season also pretty weird that Taylor Horton Tucker is in his fourth season in the NBA still younger than Ochai Abaji whoa yeah <laughs> yeah Ochai's that really old. doesn't yeah. look like it either <laughs> no he does not no he does he's not. like balding like six months and... younger yeah wow <laughs> that is wild yeah <laughs> That is, I didn't know that. I didn't know Abaju is that like old, oh, he's old. so yeah. to speak. Yeah. He'll be 23 at the end of the season. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I think that's a crazy, uh, crazy stat. The, uh, as I said, Walker Kessler second in contested shots in the NBA in total contested shots. He's been he started for half the season. <laughs> Numbers are weird, uh, but he just every time he's on the floor, he's obviously contesting. Everything. Yeah. He just goes after it, multiple blocks all the time. He's third in double double games, which also include three blocks. It's, you know, it's, it's a very hand cherry pick stat, but still, it means he just gets after it and block shots. Shout out to Brett Usher for that one. The Hornets rally from 21 back to beat the Pacers 115 109. This was our final game last night. I don't think we'll spend too much time on it, but Kelly Oubre Jr., 28 points. Terry Rozier, 23. Gordon Hayward, 22. So all of them contributing last night. And the Hornets looked like they were going to lose this game. Looked like the Pacers are like keeping their postseason hopes alive here. And instead, the Hornets outscored them 19 to four over the final six minutes. And I do wonder if like, is that sort of the end of Indy's you know postseason play and hopes? I know they're still within striking distance, but it, it's starting to feel that way. I think they're two and a half back now from the Bulls uh, at the tenth spot. Though the Pacers hold the tiebreaker over the Bulls, uh, somehow taking that season series three to one, so that could come into play. But they just like coughed this one over. 
uh, cost this one up, excuse me, 21 times, 21 turnovers, man, 35 Charlotte points. So you're not doing yourself any favors. And the Hornets get a win here. It doesn't really change anything in terms of like uh, their lottery ball, ping pong ball odds, right? You know, they're, they're, they're sort of like just the fourth team. <laughs> you know, it's the Pistons, the Rockets, the Spurs. And then there's a little separation. The Hornets uh, slotted in right now at fourth. They're going to have very likely – you know, a 12.5% chance of getting the number one uh, Weminyama pick. And uh, and then it's like Orlando and Portland that are a little bit better or worse, however you want to look at it. <laughs> worse being you want the number one pick in this scenario. But yeah, it's yes, a good, hard, yes, a good Hornets do. win here. And, like, their guys are, like, contributing. A lot of this is, like, coming at the end. Nick Richards. Big Nick. Big game. Dominated the glass. He was putting up a stat line that we saw a couple times uh, earlier this season. Big performance. Big Nick energy, uh, 14 points, 17 <laughs> boards, and some good defense uh, as they did. I think they sort of shocked the Pacers here in winning this game, going on that late run. Has uh, Have they said, as Eric Collins said, big Nick energy I on mean, the broadcast? I'd love to hear him scream it. I'm, I don't think he has, but... <laughs> that seems right up his alley. <laughs> I haven't seen every Nick Richards minute yeah. <laughs> so far this season. I also what wonder... is he, a Scottie Pippen? laughter uh so yeah look 31 wins for the portland trailblazers 32 for the indiana pacers they are sixth and seventh in lottery odds right now Mm. we're gonna see damian lillard or tyrese halliburton again this season (sighs) i don't think so yeah the lillard one's fascinating yeah it's because like here's what i think about the lillard situation they're done they're out of this they're not making the plan which is terribly disappointing but if he doesn't play the rest of the year, that really, really, really hurts his chances of any All-NBA selection, right? Yeah. Like, if they just shut him down, I don't think he's getting the votes to make a second or third team, even though he has incredible numbers. But if he continues to play and, you know, still put up 35 every night, that he might slip in. I don't think he's deserving. We went over it the other day. I think guys like Fox and stuff like that on winning teams probably deserve maybe that spot, but some of these voters don't care. Right? Yeah. Like, hey, the guy's averaging 34 a game or whatever, 33, 32. He's at 57 games played, which is one game short of that scoring title Ooh. requirement mark. Oh, yeah. When the discussions on this in the CBA are tied, or there's some discussions about tying games played to awards. Yes, yes, yes. And maybe it won't be tied to all NBA awards. Who knows? Maybe it will be higher than 58. Yep. But 58 is tied to the scoring title win. He's short of that one. Mm. So, I mean, that's just a number in our brains. He's he's one short. Yeah, well, he's I mean, third, third in the league in scoring right now, 32.2, and beat is 33.6. I wonder, like, how many points exactly Dame would need to score to get to, like, 33.7 and then shut it down having played exactly 58 games. <laughs> That'd be a huge number. Because Lillard could get it, whatever the number is. <laughs> I don't know true. exactly what it is. <laughs> I'll do some math in the break. I guess he would, yeah. uh, in in that scenario, need Embiid to have some stinkers, too, here. Uh, and how many games do they have left against your Chicago Bulls? They even play, though, they even play though we had a monster game last night. Yeah, they night. play Wednesday, actually. Oh, they play again. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, let me take the uh, Tankathon for a spin. Yeah, take it. All right, here we go. Maybe. Sim Lottery. Houston Rockets win Wembenyama. All right. Number one pick. Orlando jumps up to second. Wizards three. Pelicans four. Wow. That's not good for the Pistons or the uh, Spurs there. Slipping to five and six in this sim. Uh, Got some news. Back to the Kings here for a second and the Sixers. Uh, Yesterday, Kings forward DeMontis Sabonis 
and 76er center Joel Embiid were named the NBA Players of the Week for Week 22. And this is the second consecutive Player of the Week honors for Sabonis and Embiid. They both earned that achievement. In Week 21, Sabonis led the Kings to a 3-1 record, averaging 23, 16, and 10. Not a bad week. Uh, Embiid, he led the Sixers to a perfect 3-0 week. This is obviously for Week 22, so not counting last night's game. Averaging 35, round up, 13, and about 3.5 blocks. So, congrats to them. Did you notice what I said there? I said Kings forward, DeMontis Sabonis. Mm -hmm. I read what NBA.com pushed out. Why are they calling him a forward? What are they doing? You think this is shenanigans? I don't know, but he's not a forward. He's played 99.9% of his minutes since coming to the Sacramento Kings as a center. So I don't get this. Yeah, but he's only played 100% of his minutes as a center this season. This season, yeah. 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 99% last year? Okay. In the 15 or 16 games he Must was there? Must have had a run with Alex Len at some point I just last like, season. I thought yeah, they were going to run him with Rashawn Holmes. I think they just are like, people get it like he was a yeah. forward when he was on the Pacers because he played alongside Turner. So he's still a forward, but he's not. He and is a center. And I bring that up because we were talking about the all-NBA you know, third-team center. And I think it should be Sabonis. It's funny because that ties into uh, a tweet of the night that we have later on in this show. I didn't even know that. About DeMontis Sabonis' height. Wow. Oh. Maybe that's why the NBA is thinking it. But it doesn't make sense when you see the tweet of the night. Oh, <laughs> oh conspiracy theory. Oh, uh, oh, uh, Abaji, we're going way back here. He's going to be 23, as you said. You'll never, you'll never forget his birthday once I tell it to you. Okay. 420. Okay. And 2000, and the year 2000. So oh, it's wow. like 22,000, nice. 420. You'll never forget. Okay. I will actually never forget that. Yeah. Do you want to celebrate it? Yes. When we get there on the you, show? All right. <laughs> oh, also, I did the math. Uh, looks, like, a blunt G. looks like things are going to be okay for <laughs> it's Joel gotta, it's a big I think he's okay, yeah. Yeah. Lillard would have to have a 118-point game oh, that's if it. he came back to, to pass more. up. <laughs> he could do it, man. He could Today's do day that. Age. He could. We're going to take our final break. It's a quick one. When we come back, pick them results. And uh, Tass has already teased it. A tweet of the night about DeMontis Sabonis' height. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Well, TK mentioned it. We were living and dying 
with those final possessions of the Warriors-Rockets game because Trey and I needed the Warriors to win by 10 points or more. And it was tight. It was going back and forth. And then Steph Curry just hit a bomb. Big time. Just hit a bomb with like 35 seconds to go. And, and that did it. So that's a win for us. Trey, 9-5. and five. I'm 6-8. and eight. Cass had the Rockets to cover. Had a lot of points to play with, but uh, got the L. So you're 4-10 and 10 here, Tass. You're having a real skeety month. Um, what's tonight's game? Tonight's schedule, looking forward to the Cavs-Nets potential playoff preview. Celtics-Kings. Hello. Oh, okay. I like a late that. one there. And an even later one for us on the East Coast. Clippers are hosting the Thunder. Clippers, six and a half point favorites. That's a big line against the OKC Thunder who are in the friggin' play-in tournament. But Trey and I still think they're going to cover. Skeets, you've got OKC to cover six points or less. Or obviously, the old ML. You got them both. (laughs) SGA revenge game? Are you kidding me? What about a Russell Westbrook revenge game? (laughs) Oh, wow. It's going to be an intense game. Sounds like it's going to be close. (laughs) Uh, No, Thunder playing really, really well recently. For sure. And the Clippers, I, I can't figure them out. Ever don't try. So yeah, I'll just uh, I'll just back the uh, the Canadians there, and the OKC Thunder. Good luck to everybody though. Let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. This tweet comes from Brett Usher, a great follow on Twitter. He highlighted a couple players' heights on NBA.com. So he pulled up their profile pages. We've got Walker Kessler on the left, Demontis Sabonis on the right, because they were playing each other. Their heights, specifically Walker Kessler, seven feet. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Demontis Sabonis, seven one. There's no chance that Demontis Sabonis is seven one. There's absolutely no chance. So let's focus on that one there. Other sites have him listed at six ten. Because that's what he probably is. 6'11". I think because he's probably six. Yeah, maybe has him 6'11". Yeah, yeah. So, so I, th- I think they have him at 6'10", actually. Oh, do they? Oh, no, 6'11", yeah. because he's 6'10". Yeah. He's not 7'1". There's no chance. We know, even if he's leading the league in rebounds, when he goes up beside a 7-footer, he's, he's just there's no way he's that tall. We were told in 2019 that the NBA was going to start cracking down on teams and the measurements of players that you couldn't just send it in. You couldn't just tell us DeMontis Sabonis is 7-1. We're coming to your facility. You're taking off your padded socks. You're obviously taking off your shoes, and we are measuring you. Right. Foot to head. That was 2019. <laughs> okay. Mo- this is the NBA.com page. Let's, let's, Could it be an let's error? Let's specify that. <laughs> Inputting error? <laughs> you think? You think they fat, fat fingered the foot? Fat thumbed it? Like, uh, what What would be the error there? Like, somebody actually goes up to a, a ruler and just, like, fat fingers it so it goes three inches higher than uh, it is? Like, yeah. how would you go from 6'10 to 7'1? Now, they made him... They, they, maybe it was 2019, and literally, the press release was in October. Hey, we're coming to camps. And we are going to get this right. There's no more lying. And a lot of players' <laughs> heights changed. Yeah, they did. Uh, but maybe they gave up during the pandemic because this was yeah, just before it. And they said, screw it. Send us your heights. Whatever you want to be. Do you want to be seven seven one? Sure. Kevin Durant, you don't want to be seven foot, six ten? Sure. No problem. It's just wrong. It is absolutely <laughs> wrong. Oh, and I, I, fi- I find it strange. This is the NBA.com page. This, this, this ain't no pro ballers. 
This, ain't, this, <laughs> this, this, this is the one. Well, like this you is said, the that is very strange that they call him a forward in yes, their press release when he wins player of the week. That does, the, the, ma- the math's not mathing. It's not a 7-1 <laughs> forward. He's neither. He's a 6'10 center. How tall do you think his father, Arvidas, was? Oh, or at least monster. listed as. 7'3 or 7'3. 7'3 yeah. was listed on uh, Basketball Reference. Yeah. That one I believe. That one I believe. He's a giant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got to get to the weird. bottom of this. How tall is DeMontis Sabonis? Is he 6'10"? Is he 6'11"? Is he 7 feet? Is he 7'1"? Like the NBA.com tells us? I mean, he, he measured at 6'10". At the combine. Yeah. Okay. So we're saying. But a young man. He was a young Simply man. 19 years old at the time. Still growing. I was still growing at that point. Could he have grown grown to 7'1"? No. Uh, no. No. I don't think he's 7'1". I'm with Tass on this. <laughs> Three could inches. Be, could he be 6'11"? Yeah, I does, think he could. Does he wear lifts? <laughs> does he play in platforms? It all matters. His the hair, only measurements that matters is in your shoes. Because you play in your shoes. Fair. Yeah. Maybe he's got like an oddly shaped head. He does. His so hair is like, taller than when he was drafted. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then everybody else though, because he he will go stand beside Miles Turner. He played with Miles Turner. Miles Turner must be seven four. Because <laughs> Miles Turner's taller. Yeah, yeah. There's no. What's Miles listed? No seven, six, eleven. Interesting, interesting. He's six ten. I think he's six ten. And I've never stood beside him, so I wouldn't <laughs> know. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't know. He may have been three time all stars. I think we probably we probably were by him when he was sitting, <laughs> but he was on a giant podium. Probably, <laughs> yeah. That's a tough one. Uh, you have no issue with Walker Kessler being listed I'm as guessing. seven. We have seen him. I've seen his father, seen his brother, <laughs> up close and personal. <laughs> Rode an airplane with him from Atlanta to Utah mere months ago. The family. Yeah. Well, you saw you saw <laughs> the Walker. you saw Walker at the CAA party. Oh, yeah, he was he there. Like, yeah, he was sitting, standing right beside you. Was he standing? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he was like he was taller than the rest of his family. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think it's true. <laughs> they all measured at seven feet at the combine, though. So he's actually seven foot ten. If you were, they I got know. they got extra room in first class, brother and father. They were sitting in first row. They had lots of leg room, even though they were shorter than Walker Kessler. Has anyone done like the article? I'm sure it already exists. Uh, probably years ago, but like this concept of like how some guys want to be listed taller and some guys want to be listed smaller, sort of fascinating. Um, and I don't mean like you know guys that are like five ten, hey round up, get me to six feet and stuff like that. It's more like around this like weird. It's this this that seven foot dilemma if you want to call it that. Some want it, some don't. Some want it, some don't. Yeah. How would you do, big guy? <laughs> uh, I always go on the short side. Interesting. Yeah, like I've measured at six six in shoes, but I would never tell somebody that. What? So why? Sounds like bragging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guess. tall enough as it is, you know. I'm tall for You're a so normal humble. person. But well, if I tell people six six, they're like, "Oh, you must be good at basketball." Six five just sounds like a tall guy. That's well, like that. That's a tall guy, though. I agree with you. I feel like 6'6", six, six, now you're getting taller. like really yeah. sort of free, almost freaky tall. <laughs> that's why I don't say it. Yeah. But why would you ever tell somebody the hi- your height in shoes? That's not your height. Uh, 98% of the people that see me see me in shoes, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I only tell Laura I'm six foot five. I'm like, I'm six foot five. You see me in the news. What's your, so you got to say, what's your pool height? <laughs> <laughs> pool height. Yeah, that's what I call it. Pool height. We need to get measured in here. I think that's gotta, what it comes we down gotta to. We got to measure. Yeah. Yeah, why don't we have like a see how much we grow every year on the podcast? Oh. 
Yeah, I'm going the opposite. I'm going the opposite. Of course, we're sitting here for hours. Oh, sitting height. (laughs) I'm getting getting scrunched. Yeah. Down. All right, controversial. Something (laughs) controversial coming up here. I'm casting this to you, Eshua. (gasps) DeMontis Sabonis taller than Miles Turner? No. He's putting up a post move on him right there. He's backing him down. <laughs> he is backing him down a little bit. You don't think it's the Jimmy Neutron hair that's Jeez. pushing him over the edge here? Jeez. Miles what Turner's going to fall over. If you accept that Miles Turner is six foot eleven, you could accept that yeah. DeMontis Sabonis is 7'1 in this picture. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if I could go that far. That they can't, Come on, the hair is like a good inch and a half, right? Uh, yeah, tall skull. <laughs> All right. Oh. He's doing a post move. It does kind of look, he's leaning way heavy on him. <laughs> I need you to, there, I, but that's just one photo. I've got Tom another boy. photo here. My, Miles is leaning on, on Sabonis. Oh, they, they flipped it. They flipped it. Miles is way taller. You uh, can find any photo, any photo. Why do you look taller when you lean? Does it make any sense? <laughs> well, our friends Deuce and Mason cover the Kings. Get over there and measure the guy. We need to know. Deuce and Morgan, yes. I'm sorry. Deuce and Morgan. Deuce, Mason, and Morgan. My bad. Anyway, get over there and measure him. Yeah, yeah. But he could be a guy who doesn't want it, he doesn't want it to go lower. Maybe he wants to be a seven-footer. Mm-hmm, true, mm-hmm. true. I thought there was there. Were, I think there were seventy players whose measurements changed in twenty nineteen. Believe it. In twenty nineteen, when they actually started measuring, you have to assume a majority of those were were losing an inch or two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not the opposite. There was a weird. There was a weird thing yeah, with Boban, who up. went from seven four to seven three, but now he's back at seven four. Weird stuff. Anyways, weird stuff. That's Deuce cool. Deuce Morgan. Deuce Mason. And do Morgan Regan, do, you can just do this back. for the team. Do it for us. <laughs> we need you to measure the players. Please, <laughs> please measure the players. They host like four shows a day. They can fit this. In. <laughs> yeah, they're busy. Yeah, I was so they can, they're down at the arena. How how upset would an NBA player be if you pulled out a measuring tape? Well, you did it once. With Giannis. Oh, he's cool though. <laughs> you were in a, you were in a like a an scissor actual lift. scissor very lift. Cool. Yeah, that was a good. He bit. did seem cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> but you're trying to like say like they so you almost like, like they have to do it like they got to sneak up on him <laughs> like figure out a way to get his height without actually asking him. Kate, hey, can we take your height? Yeah, they probably have got to get him without his shoes on. Yeah, they'd probably have to get him against the wall during a press conference. And there would you you know how you have that sort of that screen behind you that says the Kings and yeah. their their sponsors, so he gets I, I I I'm envisioning you put the tape on the wall behind this screen. So once he starts doing his press conference, you drop the screen and then you see his measure. Oh yeah yeah that's not Boom. bad. We got now it. you don't have the tape just there without the screen because then he'll see it. Yeah, he's smart. Good. They're all smart. What about like a we could use like a laser level too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like the beam. <laughs> That's tweet of the night. That's an insane ending to this podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hit the like button. We got to close to an hour. Yeah. (laughs) We nailed it. That's how we measure our shows. Uh, (laughs) Has to be an hour. So if that means we got to stretch out six minutes of uh, tweet of the night talk, we will. No problem. We're the professionals. Uh, Guys, hit the like button, subscribe, uh, leave your boys a five-star rating and review. We'll be back here tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern. Lots of good games on tonight, so we'll be recapping all of those. Maybe we'll hit the beach. Get your questions in. Tweet at us, at No Dunks Inc. That's I-N-C. Send them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. Maybe a little beach step in tomorrow. Uh, Otherwise, stay safe. 
Have a great night. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, for great Kings coverage, go follow Morgan Mason. <laughs> That's I just, I'm just throwing them all together. Deuce and Mo. There it is. Yeah, come on. Brace the day, people. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.